Good evening, welcome to another edition of the Net Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast by fans for fans, where all the content is absolutely free, coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineering. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archer, and as always, we would encourage you to get onto the Net website and check out our forums for all your latest Rangers news and discussion. We're live tonight on the YouTube channel, and we'd ask that you continue to share the pod on social media, spread the word, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Before I introduce my guests for tonight, I'd like to give another mention to our partners over at Forest Precision Engineering. They're a Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for a number of years and we're delighted to have them supporting the pod. If you want more information about them, please visit their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. They also have a stunning executive lounge in the Ibrox main stand. And for more information on that, email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Right, now to bring in my guests, joining me tonight is David Fraser. David, how are you doing? Evening, Brian. Evening to all the, the viewers and listeners. I'm doing not too bad. Hope you're doing well, Brian. Yeah, all good here. And also joining us tonight is Rob Fawcett. Rob, how's things? Good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Uh, just like David said, hope all our listeners are doing good as well. Yeah, all good here. Um, obviously, we'll want to talk about the... Um, game on Saturday against St Mirren. Um, Rob, I'll come to you first. The first thing I wanted to touch on was the team selection. There was a few kind of surprises in there. Um, Clement choosing to rotate his squad a bit. Um, Scott Wright coming in for Ross McCausland. Dessler's coming in for Silva and Sterling in for Matondo. Were you surprised with the start of at all? I was I wasn't surprised that there was changes. I think I was surprised to see Dujon Sterling start on left wing, which was a which was an interesting uh, position. I know, I know the young man's versatile, um, but I thought that was probably a stretch too far for him. Um, you kind of thought that um, you know Goldson was going to come back in after the suspension against Hibs. You know, right coming in from a Cosland. I think the manager's trying to give him some minutes to to see what he see what he can do for the squad. And then I think after after the Hibs game, Dessers probably deserved to deserve to start because it was a, it was a, another good goal for him um, on the Wednesday night. I think that was a bit of an experiment from Clement with um, Sterling playing left wing. It did seem to catch everyone out by surprise. I'm not quite sure it worked. What did what did you think about that one? It was it was bizarre because um, again I think we'll, we'll touch on the game. I think Sterling's. You know, Sterling's value is the is the presence that he brings in midfield. You know, he's not he's not particularly blessed with skill or or or, or a wee trick to beat a man. So sticking him out wide left was was a bit of a was a bit of a head scratcher. I think that the one thing that I would say is the difference is I've actually got faith in this manager. If it was any other manager, I might have I might have probably been a little bit more upset. But you know, I think Clement has has built up the good faith with the support so far. In the decisions that he's taken, so it was one of those ones where you've got to trust the manager. Um, I hope it's the last time that we see him out there because he's much more effective in the middle of the pitch, where you know his physicality, his recovery pace, his presence can help us dominate midfield, which was which was one of the areas that we were lacking in, in in that first half, as I'm sure we'll talk about. David, on that point about it potentially being the last time we see Sterling out left, kind of. Midfield. I do wonder if that team selection gave us a bit of an insight into how Clement kind of might set up away from home. Maybe not so much with Sterling left wing, but potentially a more robust midfield, certainly with Sterling, Lundstrom, and 
and Raskin, do you think he's kind of given us a bit of an insight into how he intends to set up away from him? It's difficult to say, Brian. Um, I, I think the, the manager's very much a, a pragmatist in terms of horses for courses. Uh, Stephen Robinson is no mug. He's been on the block before in Scottish football. He knows how to set a team up. And he knows how to set a team up to, to spoil in terms of you know, the physical engagement side of the game. So uh, I can only imagine that was uppermost in his thinking in terms of deploying um, Dijon Sterling wide left and affording you know, Nico Raskin his favourite position in the, in the centre. So um, only time will tell whether he, he sticks for that, you know, two holding midfielders, you know, that kind of lowish defensive block to use kind of the current parlance um, away from home. But you know, I think it's very much a case of he picks the relevant personnel, you know, allowing for who's available for selection given the, the, the opposition the, the, the team faces. So right, we'll only find it in due course, Brian. He definitely seems to be adaptable. Um, this manager, which I think was one of the things we heard about him um, before he um, was appointed. Rob, you mentioned um, Ressler's goal earlier on. That's um, now three goals in his last three games. Um, the thing that's kind of particularly impressed me is the last two goals that he scored have been really composed finishes, which isn't something we've always seen from Dessers. Have you seen what a difference confidence makes in a striker? I think we are. Um, you know, I'm still going to say I'm not entirely convinced that we can ever run him as the as the main striker to be relied upon for for the remainder of the season. But the one thing I do love about him is every time he steps on the pitch, you know you're going to get a good shift from him. You know he's going to give you a hundred percent when he steps on that park. He keeps putting himself in the position to 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 create chances and 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 at least have a strike on goal. And I think the last couple of games have shown both the good and the bad. You know, it was a great touch to round the keeper and 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 a really composed finish against St Mirren. Same on same on Wednesday against Hibs, a cracking finish. But equally, he's missed probably an easier chance one on one with the keeper, which which is the which is the good and the bad of Dessers kind of in one game against Hibs. And it's it's difficult because he seems like such a likable guy. But I think the biggest difference is the is the management style. You know, you can see Clement is a is a great man manager, but the looks of it, every time a player is coming on or going off that pitch, there's an embrace, there's instruction, there's feedback. And I think players respond to that. And and I definitely think if Dessers can continue to improve at the rate he has been since Clement's come in, then he will become a player that, that we potentially could depend on. You know. He's still scoring goals. He's still creating goals. So long may that continue. And if we can enhance him, if we can enhance that, you know, forward line with another striker who's going to get us some more goals, then we'll be in a really good position for the second half of the season. David, quite a lot of fans would have been quite happy to see Dessers depart um, the club this January window. But he really seems to have turned things around. Does he start to change your opinion on him? Well, like Rob said there, his his application is such that you can you can buy into the, the the levels of improvement that he's shown. I think you know to be fair, his his performance in Seville against Betis, I think that was not a watershed for him. Uh, I know he, I, I know he, he kind of toiled 
going forward at Parkhead, um, and especially in light of what he achieved in Seville, we are a, a, a well taken goal that you know the expectations had been uh, raised because of how he took that goal. And you know, maybe the odd fan was maybe a wee bit disappointed how he, how he went about the game at Parkhead and he looked back to kind of like the, the kind of ponderous dessers that he'd been seen earlier, but. I think we'd seen enough in his, his, his recent performances before the, the winter break or before the game at, at Parkhead that um, there was enough there to suggest that he was possibly worth persevering with. And I think he's, to be fairly surreal, he's, he's never had, I mean, he's, he's, he's obviously, he's, he's, he's presumably got some broad shoulders because he wouldn't be human uh, without, you know, reacting to the, the, the kind of, the disquiet in the stands. Uh, and he's obviously he's, he's not daft he's, he's been on the block before he's obviously he's been abroad he's played in Belgium played in Holland played in, in Italy so he, he's he's long enough in the tooth to, to see that there's you know there's potential foibles amongst any given club support so he, he's applied himself he makes decent runs even early on in the season he, he's seen the odd glimpse that he, he had a reasonable idea of what to do but then you know in the Conversely to that, you'd see him tripping over the ball and and, and, and such like. So to, to try and come at the point, right? His recent performances. I mean, his his composure the other night at Easter Road was really really. It was a smart, smartly taken goal. He did well today. Uh, sorry, yesterday, um, and obviously showed a turn of speed. I think, I think the, the, the most heartening thing for most fans would be that he, he, he looks to have sharpened up by at least a yard. So that that, that injury that he was presumably uh, carrying from his, his time uh Cremonese is, is presumably cleared up to a you know a significant amount that, that's maybe freed him up in terms of his movement. So let's hope that, that there's more to come from Surreal and that he can go on to become, you know, I, again I agree with, with Rob here. I, I don't foresee him being a first choice Ranger centre forward in the long term, but he could well turn out to be a useful a squad member because twelve goals at this juncture in the season isn't going to be sniffed at, and his his performances and his statistics are, are up there with, with other strikers in the league that that you know a lot of fans would have his cover. Yes, definitely huge improvement, Rob. Another player I wanted to touch on was um, John Lundstrom. Um, another terrific assist from him at the weekend. Um, Similar to kind of the one on um, Tuesday night against the or Wednesday night against Hidra. Um, there's there's no doubt in that his form's improved massively since uh, Clermont arrived. And it's clear from the way that Clermont speaks about him that he thinks highly of him. For you, is is he proving himself worth a new contract? I think it, I think if he keeps this form up, then you'd have to say yes. You know, he'd, he'd be a big miss in the middle of that pitch. Um I think the the worry is always we see this with Lundstrom from time to time where he has a bit of a purple patch. But I think again, it's it's clear when you listen to the players that the manager's got a lot to do with the way that all of these players are improving and and how much he's getting out of them as a squad. And and I think a lot of it is because he's he seems to be making it very clear on what every player's job is on that pitch, whereas previously it was probably left to them to work out their own game plan as they were on the park and trying to react to the opposition. Um, I think the great thing to see in, in the last few games with Lundstrom is he's actually trying to have a dig from from distance now. 
you know, he's a couple of them have been fairly well off target, but you can at least say that there's a willingness to push forward and at least have a dig from the edge of the box. You're right, both both assists, you know, against Hibs and, and yesterday against St Mirren were lovely little dink balls. And if we can see more of that, you know, especially with some of the new recruits that are potentially going to come into the uh, going to come into the team, that kind of running from deep and, and breaking the lines is going to be key. Um, and if we can get Lundstrom doing that on a regular basis, it's going to be it's going to, going to be a positive for us. I think the, the question becomes how much would it cost to replace him? Um, and and that's the and that's the question that you've got to that you've got to um, ask yourself. You know, it's clear that he loves the club. It's clear that Clement loves him and and sees him as one of his leaders on the pitch. So it would make sense that if the deal's right, that that we tie him down to a new contract. Um, and if he continues to perform this way, you never know. There could be there could be another move in him. Um, so you could at least get some get some uh, funds in the door from at some point if we think that it's the right time to let him go. Yeah, that's a good point actually about you know getting him tied down potentially to to make a profit on him um, later down the line if he if he keeps us I never actually thought of that. I always kind of thought that if he's signing a contract, that might be he's kind of last big contract. But he's probably got he's probably young enough that he's got another big move in him if he keeps this form up and um, we can tie him down to a longer deal. Um, Dave, another um, player I wanted to touch on and we've kind of run out of superlatives to um, describe him is Jack Butland. Now, there's not much more we can say about him that we've not already said, but he made two crucial saves again at the weekend in the first half to keep us um, a goal up. Is he becoming just another goalkeeper that we can add to that ever-growing list of Outstanding Rangers goalkeepers. Oh, I think he's he's proved his worth already, Brian. I don't think there's you know there's too much more to add to that. I think uh, he's certainly taken on the mantle of the Rangers goalkeeper extremely well, and, and you can only um, afford due credit to to Michael Beale for signing. I think that's been lost, you know, somewhere along the line. You know, rightly or wrongly, Michael Beale pursued him, obviously identified him and, and uh, realised that he had the, the makeup to to take on that responsibility. Um, but yesterday, obviously, the, 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 you know, he, he does the basics well, he, he closes the, the angles well, albeit, you know, I think the lad Jamison shot straight arm and uh, he should have scored, truth be told. But, you know, obviously, Jack's there, he makes saves. He's an organiser. He's vocal. Uh, he's got presence, and um, I have seen this to seen this to ball manager in the week. If if there's a better British goalkeeper operating in Britain, I'd like to see him. I mean, Gareth Southgate obviously prefers Jordan Pickford ahead. I mean, Jordan Pickford must be some goalkeeper if he if he gets a game ahead of Jack Butland for England, um, and you could even extend that to to Eric Ten Hag when, when he was on. Man United's books, albeit in a loan situation, uh, that they saw fit to go out and spend, you know, upwards of forty-five million pound on Anana. I mean, that, that, that's a head scratcher because uh, Jack's form has been been excellent. He's he's never let us down. You've never you've never really seen any kind of chinks in the armour of his of his, uh, his his makeup. I think he's, he's maybe he's maybe flapped at one cross that I seem to recall early on in the season. Other than that, I think he's he's been. Um, and I hope I don't jinx him here. His his performances have been 
have been up the requisite level and some. He, he inspires confidence in the back line. He, I think he's seen yesterday, there's, there's obviously um, some foibles still in that centre-half partnership, regardless of who the personnel may be. Um, and yet Jack's there to, to save their blushes. Long may it continue, Brian. Absolutely. Rob, he was the one player that earlier in the season when things weren't going so well, he was the one player that you could still say was, you know, performing at a good standard and an acceptable standard um, in the first part of the season when when things weren't looking so great. Is there any concern for you about our ability to hang on to him in the long term or are you quite comfortable that if and when he does leave should be for healthy profit? I think it's interesting because if you listen to what he said in some of the interviews, he, he's bought into the club big time and, and I think he's caught the bug. And, and when that happens to a player, regardless of what team comes in looking for him, unless it is maybe one of the top five, ten clubs in the world, they're not going to move anywhere else. You know, where where else are you going to get regular European football playing in front of, you know, fifty odd thousand fans every every other week, winning trophies? And, and playing in a stadium like Ibrox, not many clubs out there have that to offer. And and at his stage in his career, I think it's more it's more about the medals that he can gather rather than actually how much more money he can stick in his bank account. And it's a bit like Defoe, you know. Defoe came up the road because he wanted to play for Rangers. He wanted to be part of that Gerrard team, and he wanted to deliver a trophy, and um, because it was something that that he felt that he was lacking in his career. And, you know, if 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 there does become a, a big offer in, because ultimately every player at Rangers has got a price, you know, and that's the sad fact of it. We've got to we've got to kind of make the take the emotion out of it and look at what's good business for us. Um you know, we've still got Wee McCrory there, who I think could be a long term decent alternative for us, but Personally, I couldn't see Butland going anywhere at the moment just based on what he said, the relationship he's got with the fans, you know, where he is in his career and and the club that he's sitting at at the moment with the with the opportunity to continue to be fighting for trophies year on, year in, year out. He's he's spent enough time at lower level English League clubs without the chance to win anything. He's now at a big club where he's got the chance to be fighting for trophies every year. And I think you can, you know, the performances that he's put in this year have been brilliant because he's not called into action a lot, but when he has been, he's more than stood up to that test. But I think, yeah, the, you know, the points that yourself and David made there around the the required performances, he's been he's been the standout bit of business over the summer for us. You know, you've, you've kind of got to think that, as you say, at his stage of his career, that, that opportunity to to win trophies, play in a stadium like Ibrox and play in Europe's got to trump potentially any move to the kind of mid-table premiership side um, at this stage. But um, I guess we'll um, wait and see over the next uh, months. Can I just add Yeah. I think another thing to, to bear in mind is whether he's settled or not. I think the, the John Lindstrom falls into a similar bracket. By all accounts, Jack's moved his family up, his kids up. So you've got a young family and if he's settled. And I think John Lindstrom's the same. I think his, his daughter was born in Glasgow. So, you know, there'll be a reluctance to uproot the family to, to move elsewhere, especially when you know there's the unknown of whether a, a move 
might not necessarily come off. You know, it's better the devil you know. And, and if, if you're getting remunerated to a level that you feel that you're worth, then what uh, Rob rightly mentioned there, what, uh, what other incentives could there be to, to, to move on for, for Rangers? But, you know, especially players like Lundstrom and Jack Bullen, who have experienced the English Premier League, uh, and I'm not necessarily, you know, in the international picture where that demand uh, of being uh, a club in the, the top six in the English Premier League in order to, to secure international, regular international football would be placed upon you. So I think that's, that's I would imagine, would be quite important to, to bear in mind with regards to, to whether assessing whether uh, Butland might be at the mercy of, uh, of moving on. It may well be that you know, the club might indicate a, a willingness to sell him in the future and he may well say, well, you know, if you can make the sums work in other ways, you know, I'd be prepared to stay. It's going to only be good news for, for us as supporters. Yeah. The, the family point's an interesting one. It's probably something that we as fans forget that footballers have families and we kind of think that they just, you know, they move across countries and continents without even thinking about it. But um, sometimes they do kind of choose to stay where they're most settled at. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens going forward. Obviously, we hope that um, we can hang on to him for a good bit longer. Um, so before we go on to discuss the second half, let me give a shout out to our friends over at Football Prizes. They're currently running a competition to win a signed 1972 Rangers shirt signed by the Champions squad and an Andy Gorham signed and framed Rangers t-shirt. For more information on how to enter, please visit footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash rangers hyphen squad hyphen shirt. Now, Rob, one of the things that caught my eye was the half-time substitutes that Clermont made. They made two changes at half-time, um, bringing Cantwell and Wright off and Lawrence and McCausland on. Were you surprised to see a double change so early? Uh, no, um, I was just surprised at the personnel, to be honest. Um, I think I think one of the big problems in the first half was the middle of the park, um, and I was expecting them to maybe drop Dujon Sterling in there and, and bring Raskin off, to be honest, because I thought... Easter Road and 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 yesterday, you know, he wasn't kind of up to the same level as a performance that we'd seen before he got injured. Now he's still finding his way back into the team, so you can cut him a bit of slack from from that point of view. Um, right, I think was probably a good sub because I'd actually forgot that he was actually on the pitch. Um, so getting McCausland on um, to, to to give us a little bit of, a little bit of life on that right hand side was a good move. I think the major surprise was the Cantwell one. Um, he obviously came off at Easter Road at halftime with with a bit of an eagle. Um So it's whether there's any underlying injury problem there that Clermont's trying to protect him from. Or is it that Clermont is expecting more of him as we as fans probably are in some of these games? Um, now, I, I love Cantwell as a player. I think he, he, can, he can be a great player for us. I think the frustration is that in some of these games... You know, when you expect him to, to, to step up to control a game, he kind of splits in and out. Um, we saw what he's capable of at Easter Road with that fantastic goal. We just want him to do that more often. Um, and I think that as a fan, that's my frustration at the moment, that he is the type of player that probably could grab a game by the scruff of the neck, but he doesn't do it often enough. So changes were required at half-time. The thing that I love about Clement is he's not scared to make them. You know, it's been two or three, four occasions this year where if something's not working, he's changed it. Uh, he's not got the arrogance to stick with a team for the sake of saying, well, 
you know, I thought it was a great idea, so I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with it. He's quite happy to to make changes as they're required. And I think players will understand as well that if they're not up to the required performance levels, you've got people on the bench that are quite happy to come on and take your place. You know, you're not gonna get a sixty, seventy minute game here if you've done bugger all on the first half. You're you're off at half time and you need to go back and prove yourself in the training ground to get that starting berth again. Yes. Definitely refreshing to see a manager change it so early when he recognises that things aren't maybe going the way he wants or players aren't performing the way he wants them to. David, is there ability to bring on two players the quality of Lawrence and McCausland a sign of an improvement in the squad strength and depth? You know, it wasn't that long ago that our subs bench was looking pretty sparse, but to be honest, when I looked at it in Saturday, you know, we had Matondo on there. We had McCausland on there, we had Lawrence on there, we had Silva on there. You know, it looked a pretty strong bench. He seen, have, we, have we now seen, with players coming back from injury, have we now seen an improvement in strength and depth? I think you've got options, Brian. I, I'm no overly convinced as to the, the levels of quality of those options, but bodies, you know, are, are undoubtedly going to enhance the manager's ability to change games. You know, so... Yeah, I, th- I think you've seen yesterday the, the, the difference that, that Tom Lawrence made, you know, especially trying to link um, and with, with Essers, because it, it was clear in the first half that, that Serial was very, very isolated. Um, Todd Cantwell, again, you know, whether he's carrying an injury or no, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think that the, the manager may well be trying to uh, protect him publicly. Um, even though I, I strongly suspect that he's maybe less than impressed with, with his performance levels, um, because it's, it's you know it's, it's a bit strange that you know a player would be substituted at half time on Wednesday night, um, and Igo being offered up as the reasons to why he was substituted to, to, to possibly disarm questions in the press in the aftermath of that, and then from the start of the next game, and then to fall. Fowler, you know, been hooked at half time yet again. So I'm not convinced that, that an injury would necessarily explain that away. But you've seen yesterday that that Lawrence had a bit more about him in terms of trying to force the issue. I think you know, Todd was guilty yet again yesterday. I kind of uh, flitting about the, the kind of extremities of the game, which. And a game like yesterday at Greenhill Road where St Mern are going to try and be stuffy, certainly in that middle area, then you're looking for your your more um, offensive players that you know that have got the skill set to unlock a, a, a stuffy midfield and a stuffy defence to come to the fore. And, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, Todd found it difficult to, to, to have an impact in the, the game uh, yesterday. Tom Lawrence, again, he's obviously coming back for injury. Um He's, he's still struggling to, to, to make an impact, but you've seen the intent there. The intent was, I thought, to my mind anyway, was, was certainly a wee bit more focused than, 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 than how Todd went about his, his, his work in the first half. You mentioned there Rabbi Matondo. Again, Rabbi Matondo has you know, he's got attributes that the, the, the manager obviously looks to utilise on any given occasion. And Ross McCausland, um, I think he's seen yesterday that you know his again intent for how he, he went about his work. Certainly, in the, the early uh, passages are playing the second half that he, he looked hungry to 
to make that an impression and, and, and almost as if to say to the manager, you know, you, make, you slipped up Gaffer by, you know, promoting Scott right ahead of him in the, in the game. And I think he's seen yesterday that there was elements of improvement that we're looking for for a young player like Rob, uh, sorry, like, uh, like Ross McCausland, whereby he was certainly more disciplined in tracking back and, and doing his defensive duties going back the way. So, I right, to, 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 um, to come to the point, I think that you know the bodies coming back are certainly going to give the manager more options. And the fact that everybody's getting a game and the manager keeps everybody in the squad involved means that there's competition for places and that can only augur well for uh, the performances of the squad going forward. Rob, on um, Tom Lawrence, do you think that role of him coming off the bench could be a really useful one? The thing I noticed on Saturday was he seems to have that really unique ability to find space where it doesn't look like there is any. And I think that's important against teams like St Mirren where they come and kind of try and sit in and we really need to break them down. And I think it can be particularly useful bringing him off the bench when the opposition's potentially tired and he's got that ability to find space in those pockets and he's also not afraid to take a shot on, which I like. You think that could be a his kind of role as maybe an impact player given that he struggled with his fitness? Um, I think I think the first point is that the only time he struggled with his fitness has been at Rangers. Um, so I think if we can get him past that, there's no reason why he shouldn't be pushing for a starting position. You know, he's a player of quality. Um, we've seen it for you know the many years he was at Derby that he was a he was a, a decent player and a goal threat. I think the other point is we that we need to remember is come March, you know, we're going to have a couple of European ties again in a in a in a busy fixture schedule, and if we want to progress in Europe. We're going to need a squad full of quality players that that can step up and start. I think the interesting thing for me, like David said, is that Clement's trying to include everybody, but I think he's also trying to very quickly assess some of these fringe players to see whether they, they they're going to cut the muster longer term. And as we've seen with that, that we'll touch on a wee bit later with some of the players that we're linked with, you know, that's only going to enhance the quality of the, sco- the, the squad. You know, I think for me, Lawrence Lawrence is a very clever player. Um, you know, I think he can find a pass to break the lines quite well. He does link up play nicely, but equally, you know, the games that I've seen Silva and Cantwell start together, the two of them seem to be forming a pretty decent partnership like that as well. One twos off each other, moving into space, so it gives you options as as a manager when you've got players like that coming back to full fitness. That you know, you can have them either coming off the bench to to make that type of impact or you can you can start them because they're the type of player that will use the ball well and make the opposition do the running. Then you can bring on your speed merchants like Matondo, who could probably exploit that at that point and then create a couple of chances or, or maybe even stick the ball in the back of the net himself. So for me, it's just positive to have options again. You know, for long enough, we knew exactly what was going to happen because of how many people were on the injury table um, and the treatment table. At, at least they're starting to come back now and, you know, Giving them minutes here and there, I think, is a big thing that Clement's big on. He, he, you know, the amount of times that he's spoken about how many players he's had fit at previous clubs and how long he's had them fit for. So managing the game time and managing the individual is definitely something that's on that's on his priority list. So I think it could be it could be interesting. But if I was Tom Lawrence, I'd be pushing for a starting berth. I don't think I'd be happy to sit on the bench and be an impact player because. I think he he came to Ibrox to be 
a main player for us rather than somebody just sat on the bench. Yeah, I think the really positive thing for me is that the players we're bringing on are players that kind of do different things with the players that are coming off. It's not just like for like changes, they're players that are adding something to the game rather than just more than just fresh legs. Um, so that's kind of positive in terms of having to break teams down and maybe change your game when we need. Now, in the second half, we were in control for the most part. We just couldn't find that second goal to really kill the game off. Now, David, overall, it wasn't the best performance, but for me, it was a hard-fought win. It's one of those games that if you're successful in a season, you know, it's not necessarily given all the time on the end of season DVD, but it's one that you look back on and you say, you know, that was a really important ground out win. Um, for you, is this an example of potentially a game where we could have, or would have dropped points under previous managers? Difficult to say, Brian. I, I think you could be forgiven for, for assuming that they might have slipped up under previous managers, i.e. The, the, the previous occupant of the, the hot seat. Um, yeah, like, the, the, there's, there's no doubt about it. There's tricky fixtures in the Scottish Premier League, dis, despite you know the, the relative paucity of challenge, and you know the, there are fixtures that are that are difficult to negotiate. And uh, when there's variables thrown in, like you know a swirling wind because of the the, the, the setup of that stadium, the Green Hill Road. I like to, to maybe a, a bobbly surface that, that may well not necessarily have been rolled before the match, then you know that, that brings into sharp focus how good uh, results can be. And, you know, it's the old cliche, getting the points when you not play well is usually the sign of a good team, you know, and a team that's developing. So, oh, yeah, I think you, you make fair comment insofar as that previous sides previous Rangers sides may well have slipped up yesterday and may well have struggled to, to, to break the, the side down. I think it's important to bear in mind, though, that um, aside from the, the two shots that, that came off the, the woodwork, that James Tavernier was, was very, very unlucky with in the, the first half. And then, obviously, Cyril Dressers had the post in the second half, albeit with area deflection, but he, he did, you know, he did have the shot travelling in the right direction. I think that the... the the slightly concerning thing was that the Rangers were, you know, didn't create a heck of a lot, and the the lad in goal for for Saint Martin didn't have a heck of a lot to do. So, you know, there's improvement there. Fabio Silva obviously sat on the bench, and I, he may well have been tasked with, with, with seeing what you know the, the type of um, potential banana skin at a tight park away from home might look like for for a Rangers player. Um, and to give him an idea of what might lie ahead for in the coming months. So, uh, look, the, the manager, I think, is a pragmatist, knows what he's doing. He's simplified the message to the players. The, the players are buying in. And, yeah, there's going to be slight wobbles. You can't be perfect all the time. But the main thing is is is, uh, is delivering the three points. And that's what the team did yesterday. So we can't have too many complaints. Rob, is it also for you a sign of how much we've improved under this manager that we've got that ability to grind out wins when, as David said, you can't play well all the time and it certainly wasn't um, one of our best performances, but even when we're not at our best, the team still rolled our sleeves up and came away with all three points. 
Absolutely. I think I think those types of performances and those types of results demonstrate when a team's playing for each other. You know, it, it becomes a bit of a we'll do anything to get the job done. Um and 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 I do agree that, you know, that type of game maybe last season or earlier in the season potentially would have been a bit of a banana skin for us. And and we've got to remember that, that was that was probably our first opportunity to cut the gap back to two points before Celtic played in the afternoon. So for us it was a it was a good signal of intent to make sure that we got the points to, to put the pressure on the the team further side of the city because we've got a league there to win. You know, I think you look at you look at the way that our team and our squad are, are going, everybody seems to, to, to be together at the moment. It doesn't seem to be that way on the other side of the city at the moment. You know, they won one now yesterday. They go back to, 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 to being five points clear, but it's very clear that as a support they aren't happy with Rogers and, and what he's doing there. So these types of results are the things that we need to be doing. If you're not playing well, you've just got to get the win at all costs. You know, three points are up the road, as Craig would say. Um, we, we've just got to make sure that we keep getting the job done. And I don't care if we're winning games four, five, six now, or we're winning them one now, as long as we win them. You know, because if we continue to win every game from now to the end of the season, you, you know, you're going to win the league. So it's, it's just about making sure that whatever we do, whatever's put in front of us, that we find a way to that we find a way to win. That would certainly take another um, 16 1-0 wins for the rest of the league season. That would I'm not, I'm not sure my heart would take it, but um, at the end of the season I'd be pretty happy. But um, yeah, it's three points all the battles for me. Now, another topic I wanted to cover was um next week's obviously the last week of the um, transfer window. Now Claude suggested post match, David, that we would be kind of busy right up until the deadline. We've obviously been a couple of rumours kicking about the last couple of days in um, Jeff T, the Brazilian left-back, and um, Oscar Cortez, the winger from uh, Lens, the Colombian winger. Um, so they're kind of strong rumours that are kind of bouncing around. Um, nothing confirmed so far in terms of confirmed signings. And we've got Silva and um, Diamonde. Where do you think we still need to be looking to strengthen in the remainder of the window? Uh, strikers are priority, still. Um, there's not been too much let out about any potential targets, much to the, the disappointment of a number of supporters. Uh, I'm not going to nail my, my cards to the mast on that one, whether I put side of the fence or fall on that one. Um, but I, I think yeah, I, I'm assuming that, that Oscar Cortez is a is, uh, is possibly a right sided winger. I'm no. I believe so. Yeah, I called in the YouTube videos I've watched. Aye, so uh, you know that that tends to, to tell a story about you know who may well be surplused to requirements, who may well be deemed to be you know making their way in the game and, and might not necessarily um, be a first team fixture. Going forward, you know, in the short, in the short term, um, yeah, there's 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 positions that need to be filled, Brian. Unfortunately, the manager's got to prioritise. Um, obviously, he's, he's he's went on record as saying a left backs um, uppermost in his thinking. Now we don't know the 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 Red Van Yilmaz rumours uh, don't seem to be going away. There's obviously speculation linking them with Galatasaray today. I've just recently sold a, a defender to Bayern Munich for 
for a sizable chunk of money, um, which presumably may well impact on whether Galatasaray decide to, to firm up their interest in, in Ridvan. Um, and that's assuming that we do look to, to, to move them on. Um, it may well be the case that the, 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 the Brazilian from uh, Fluminese that's currently with Apoel Nicosia may well be coming in as cover uh, and may well be signed with a view to, to Bonabaric, presumably running down his contract at the end of the season. So, to my mind, I mean, a striker's still a priority. Obviously, a winger's, you know, people have been rightly uh, looking for the right side of uh, the forward area to be addressed for, for a number of seasons. You know, you, you could go back to, I mean, Ross, Ross Bennett uh, has never been the same since Daniel Candace departed the, the parish. Uh, so, I, I, for me personally, I'll, I'll try to come to the point here. I think our strikers are for most. Obviously, he's identified that the midfield needs bolstering. He's already done that. I would still like to see him in the, the, the market for a centre-half, but I don't necessarily subscribe that that would necessarily represent a priority in this transfer window. So if he gets a striker in, he gets a winger in and he, he, he addresses the, the left-back contractual situation for cover, then I think, the, the, assuming that we get business done before the, the close of the window, I think uh, Philippe may well be pleased with, with, with the business that presumably we're going to, uh, we're going to do. Robbie, you yeah, think all the same? Oh, you think all the same? Does David around the striker? I, I think I think striker's got to be priority. You know, ultimately goals are the things that won you championships. You know, and league titles. So we need to we need to we need to give Dessers a hand because we, as I've said previously, we cannot go into the second half of the season once this window closed with him as our main striker. You know, Silva, from what I've seen of him, isn't going to be a number nine. You know, so therefore you've got to you've got to have somebody coming in that is going to be able to is going to be able to help lighten the load from a goal point of view. Um, I think I would be gutted if Redvan goes this window, to be honest. But if if that's the sacrifice that we've got to do to get some money through the door, but sign a very exciting young left back a left back in in his replacement for a a smaller transfer fee, and then use more of that money to go and get the striker that we really need. I think that's the that's the decisions that that we're potentially going to have to make, and I'm not going to profess to be an expert on any of the players, but I think you know there's some really good um, threads on X um, from the Rangers Journal outlining both of them, and you know the boy from uh, the, the the left back this year has got um, you know three goals and four assists, I think, from what he said in 18 games. You know the the boy from Lens in the Under 20 World Cup, five games. Four goals, two assists. He's played forty minutes this year for Lens and scored and got an assist. So there's, the, you know, these are the types of players that I think Copper has come in to identify. And for for the player trading model moving forward, is exactly what we've been screaming out for years. Young players with plenty of selling potential that can that, that can come in and hopefully impress in a Rangers jersey and can make us maybe 10, 15, 20 million on the back end once they've been here for a few years. You know, he's done it at PSV. With various with various players and and got massive profits on them, um, so I think from from our point of view, it's just it's just nice to be linked with players that don't play in England and don't seem to have like masses of injury history, um, and and hopefully if that's a sign of Coppin's influence, then it's only going to get better moving forward. Now Diamondi, we've already signed. 
And I was shocked to to see the fee involved um, because I wasn't expecting us to, you know, to outlay four million odd quid on a on a midfielder. But again, the type of profile of player we should be looking at—a boy that's come through the the Right to Dream Academy, same way that that multiple players that have gone for like twenty, thirty plus million. If we can get a player that's even half of that in value, that that represents a massive profit from a Rangers standpoint, which allows those funds to then go back to reinvesting in the team when inevitably those players do move on. Um, I'll nail my colours to the mast. I was always against the Shanklin signing because I didn't think he was good enough for us. But I think in the Scottish League, he's buying goals in for fun this year for a Hearts team. That that you know, if we can if we can replicate that form, I don't care about a player training training model when it comes to that signing. If he's going to score fifteen goals the second half of the season, that's going to be the difference for us winning the league. And and I'd really like to see him at Ibrox. If we don't get him, then I'll trust the manager. And whatever whatever striker he's going to bring in to, to help lighten the load. Yeah, definitely think a striker's priority. Um, I'm not as keen on uh, Shankland as you, but um, definitely a striker. Um, Robert, that obviously covers potential incomings. Um, in terms of departures, um, rumours around that Sufuentes heading off to Turkey. Uh, is that a good move for all parties. It just hasn't seemed to work out for him. It did seem like there was a spell just before he he got injured and there was a League Cup final where he seemed to be going to a bit of a game, but it just seems like he's never settled. I think I think um again all all hearsay, but if you believe what you hear, you know, his partners had a had a nightmare adjusting to life in Glasgow. I don't think he's particularly found it an easy place to live. Um, you know, he hasn't exactly taken us to the next level, like um, like we were we were told and we were expecting. Um, and and I think if you're going to get a profit back and you're going to get his wages off the books that frees up, you know, to bring somebody else in, then yeah, it's it's maybe it's maybe one to cut our losses on. That doesn't mean that you know if he stays, he might he might develop better under he might be, uh, under come on, but. I think it's very clear that the manager sees three, four, five players ahead of him in the pe- in the pecking order from a midfield standpoint. And if he's earning sixteen grand a week, can we really afford that on a squad player? Sometimes with players, you're just better to cut your losses and recoup recoup as much as you can. So he'll go with my best wishes, um, and it's just another player for the MLS that didn't quite work out for us, unfortunately. Yeah, we don't have the greatest um, track record of uh, bringing players over from there. Um, but Dave, what about you in terms of departures? Are you expecting anyone else to move on? Uh, well, if the Fosie Sifuentes moves on, uh, the only thing I can add to, to Rob's comments is that if McBeal had kept his powder dry, uh, we could have signed him in this window and, and saved ourselves close to a million quid. Um, it depends on if, whether it's a, a glass half full or a glass half empty situation because uh, we may well be six months ahead of the game because it may well have been the case that, that Philip Clemmel wouldn't have fancied them in any case if they turned up in, in January then we might, have, we might have been faced with trying to move home in the summer. Um, I'm, I'm really uh, at a loss, Brian, as to, to who might move on. I mean, he, without repeating myself here, he, he has tried to foster a team spirit by keeping everybody involved. By all accounts, he's indicated to the players that uh, on the the quiet that 
who doesn't who don't figure in his plans. So I, I, I don't think you need to be a genius to work out who that might be. Um, so like Rob, I, I'm a wee bit perplexed with, with the handling of the, the, the Redvan situation. I, I'm not sure what's going on there. Has he, he been played to be put in the shop window? Has he been played there to, to, to establish a rapport with his teammates with a view to keeping him on the side going forward? Um, that's that's a strange one. So if he moved on, it, it wouldn't surprise me. But if he stayed, it equally wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'm perplexed that they've not made a move for Shankland yet. Uh, and I think that, that Lauren Shanklin would um, would give the, the manager another option because he can the, the whole team could play off him. You seen yesterday how difficult the team found it to move up the park with Dessers taking the ball in. You know, not necessarily he's back to goal, but they couldn't like the play all that well. And that, that's still that I can you know, say to, to Serial's game that's maybe lacking. You couldn't level that against Lauren Shanklin because a lot of his games built on um, facing his own goal. He's back to the opposition's goal and keeping off defenders and linking the play. So that that would that could possibly work in, in Lawrence's favour where he where he be signed. Um, other departures, you're probably possibly looking at fringe guys like maybe Scott Wright uh, and others that that might not necessarily um, feature in the. In the the manager's plans going forward. So, the, 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 again, I mean, I, I could be contradicting myself here. There's, there's players obviously running in their contracts or the, 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 the kind of the, the fag end of their, their contracts that are featuring still and some aren't. So, you, you, it would be safe to, to possibly um, guess that the, the players that maybe aren't featuring, like Orion uh, Jack, for instance, might well be deemed surplus to the currents and might have been told privately that they don't feature in the manager's plans going uh, in the long term. So it wouldn't be a surprise if some of those players were, were either that their contracts were quite short uh, in order to free up funds for, for, for other players' salaries uh, and, and maybe just to, to kind of um, to, to, to kind of tighten the, the belt and, and get rid of some of the excess flab from the squad, shall we say. Certainly an interesting um, few days and potentially an interesting deadline day, which is not something we've said for Rangers in a while, so I might actually stay up to watch it this time, which will be a first for a while. Now, Rob, before we finish up, I wanted to kind of have a bit of a look ahead to the next um, kind of couple of games. We've got three league games at home. Now, with the momentum that we've got behind us since the winter break, does this present an ideal opportunity for us to just pile on that pressure at the top of the league? Absolutely, absolutely. If you look at if you look at two of those fixtures, we're going to be playing Livingston and Ross County. You know, they're teams that, especially at Ibrox, we should be scalping. <laughs> um, you know, and the, the only the only potential banana skin there is the is the the Aberdeen game. Um, but I think we're a different we're a different animal to when we played them at Ibrox the last time. Um, I would be I would be very disappointed if we didn't come away with um, nine points for those three games. You know, I think that, that Levy, you know, we've already beaten them twice at Ibrox this year by four goals. Um, I think that Clermont has got this team playing in in, in a way that that we that we hadn't been previously. So I definitely think that it's a it's a great opportunity for us to continue to pile the pressure on because I guarantee 
you know, if if we manage to get that back to two points after we've got this game in hand played, or even better yet, if they slip up in in between now and in the the middle of February, end of February, their fans will be all over the place. It'll be it'll be shark gate all over again. It'll be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, um, hopefully that's the case. Um, David, what we use this just just a case of nine points is an absolute must. Ah, it's, it's three games at home. You, you've got to win your home games, Brian. It's as simple as that. Uh, we obviously we all Aberdeen are, are doing in the league. Uh, they're overdue, man. So, um, but first things first, we've got to take care of Livingston. Uh, David Martin Dale is obviously back. He's back against the wall. Um, they're fighting for their lives. Yeah, he's defending in record after the, the defeat to to Dundee. Um, yesterday, that you know that it's championship level stuff, so they'll be looking seriously to to, to put that right. Uh, Ibrox and they'll be looking at the at the game and say there's no there's no better challenge for the players to, to come and spoil the party. So um, that it undoubtedly shifts focus onto onto ourselves and whether the, the mindset's right, the application levels are right, and I think we've seen enough for the, for the manager that you no know, we can. You know, one blip aside, which happened to be against Aberdeen at Petodji, that you know, that we have we've come away from from most games under under Philip Clemmel, and we've we've never really questioned the, the the kind of mindset going into the game. So let's just hope that that continues. Obviously, Tuesday night game, and then we've we've got the the Scottish Cup uh, game against Air United before we take on County at Ibrooks, but. Yeah, it's it's imperative that we come away with nine points. If if we want to win the title, if we see if we see these aspirations of winning the title, we, we we want that gap cut to two points minimum, and uh, anything less than that, I'm sorry, I mean, I'm going to be quite blunt here. Anything less is just going to be a failure, and I don't think the manager would will accept it. Brian, I think that's that's the heartening thing for our perspective as supporters that we've, we've got faith in. And the guy that's picking the side that he's not going to tolerate that that the standards must be kept high. And if he can get a few bodies in this week, or at least a couple, um, namely a striker, they maybe you know set the cat amongst the pigeons. You know, just competition, general competition for players, elevate the level. I mean, we've, 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 looking back to previous transfer windows, we brought in players on an occasion that have elevated the level in terms of training, and that's lifted the players that are already already in the build. If that can can happen again and we can kick on and we can, you know, uh, start to jail and bed some of these signings in and hopefully improve in, in performances then that augurs well for the, the spring months and then the, the, the clocks go, go forward. And and talking talking about putting pressure on as well, you know, if you look at that Aberdeen game, we've got Ibrooks, we're playing on the Tuesday night. If we win that it goes back to it goes back to two points, assuming we both beat our opposition at the weekend. You know Celtic then need to go to Hibs at Easter Road. You know that that's a that's a pressure game for them at that point. You know an away fixture in Easter Road, the team aren't particularly playing well. All of a sudden, you know they, they realise they've got somebody yapping at their heels, um, and then we've obviously then if if they get beat there, we've got the opportunity to go top if we beat Ross County. So you know it's really all we play for. Like you say, we've got to make sure that we win those next three home games. Because that could be that could be a real turning point in the season. And then to add to that, you know, if we the next games at against Hearts at Ibrox, if we go in and 
and take care of hearts, then it's it's game on, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely for me, this is a crucial point in the season where kind of teams that believe they should be champions, they just go on a run. They go on a run of win after win after win during this time of season. And this is when I think this is the period in the season where, where champions are made. Um, in terms of teams being able to show their metal and just go and win after win after win. So hopefully we can do that and um, there's plenty more to come. Right, I think we'll call it time there. All that's left for me to do is thank my guests. Rob, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us and thanks to everybody for watching and listening. David, thanks as always. Pleasure as always, Brian. Cheers, Rob. Cheers to the listeners and the viewers. As well as being live tonight, the show will be available on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher. And we would ask that you leave us a rating on your preferred podcasting app. The pod will be back next Sunday evening to review all of the action from the weekend's match against Livingston at Ibrox. Until next time, bye for now.